Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Amen, amen, amen. So glad to see everyone in the house of God this morning. Amen. We welcome everyone, and we thank you all for being here in service this morning. We thank you for uh, tuning in to us this morning, our service, our online viewers. We thank you for tuning in, as always. God bless you. God continue to bless you. May Zan continue to be upon you and your family. We welcome everyone in the, in the house of God. Good to see Brother Parker this morning. I thought I was in the courthouse this morning when they said, oh, 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 I thought they said, all arise. Amen. But glad to see Brother Parker this morning. Amen. The house of God. And so glad to see our family and the house of God this morning. We want you to feel at liberty. Worship the Lord with us this morning. There's no better place, nothing better to do on a Sunday morning. To me, that is. You know, I don't know about you, but on a Sunday morning, if, if I'm not in the house of God to praise God, you know, and, you know, I know while we're in our, you know, off times, we're in the presence of God, there was just always that, you know, that passion, Pastor, that you, you just want to be there. You know, so I'm, I'm Hunter, and I hope you do have that passion this morning and the zeal to be in God's presence whenever that possible, you know, time present. Amen. Pray with us this morning that the Lord will have his way in his service. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this hour, Lord God. We thank you for being in your presence one more time, Lord God, where we can worship you. Oh God, in the beauty of holiness, oh God, we want to worship you because you alone, oh God, are great and greatly to be praised, oh God. As we adore you this morning, oh God, as we lift up your name this morning, oh God, as we call upon your name this morning, oh God, as we praise you in spirit and in truth, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll pour out your spirit upon us like never before, Lord God. Oh God, and that we'll, oh God, live, oh God, not the same way we came in, but we'll live, transform, and renew, and restrengthen this morning, oh God. Lord God, we plead the blood of Jesus over every aspect of the service this morning, oh God, and that you'll cover us, oh God. Those that are traveling, oh God, that you'll bring them here safely, Lord. Those that are watching, Lord God, there, internet, Lord God, I pray your hands will be upon them and that you will bless them, oh God, that wherever they are, oh God, that they too, Lord God, will receive your blessing this morning, oh God, as we give you glory, Lord God, as we give you all the honor, Lord God, as we thank you right now, Lord God, for what you're about to do, we ask you to have your way, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, come on church, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We praise your name, Jesus. Clap your hands this morning with us. Hallelujah, Jesus.
In your presence there is freedom. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you this morning. Get in the 
presence of the Lord and just worship Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you this morning, God. We know there's no one like you, Jesus. Say, here I am, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to Don't say that to the Lord. 
But I said, Lord, I don't feel spiritual. I feel like uh, things are just, it seems like I'm just doing things. And I feel like you're just kind of not close. What is going on here? And I just said that in my heart and kept doing what I'm supposed to do. When you don't feel Jesus, just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And I just kept doing what I was supposed to do, trying to do righteous things and holy things and things that you're required to do as a human. And I just kept doing it. And then yesterday I came here for prayer at our corporate prayer and something happened. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. This is why the scripture says, taste and see. And when you have tasted of him, when you don't have that taste in your mouth, you know you don't have that taste in your mouth. And you long for that taste in your mouth. And you just begin to just hunger after that taste and say, Lord, I I want to taste of that goodness of you. I want to feel your presence. And all of a sudden, as I began to talk to the Lord yesterday, I felt that thing started flowing again, start moving again. And, 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 and I'm just like, oh, God. That's why he says, ask, and it shall be given. Just ask. So when you don't feel it, just keep doing what you're supposed to do, but ask. And do what you're supposed to do, and you will see what the Lord will do. We don't have to stay dry. We don't have to stay disconnected. We don't have to feel like we're not spiritual because when those things happen, we can just ask and keep doing. And all of a sudden, there will be a flow. There will be a renewing, a refreshing of the spirit of God. And all of a sudden, you'll feel like, wow, what happened? My God. We have some prayer requests uh, that I would like for you to join me with. And we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray with me this morning for Sister Joy. Sister Joy called me uh, yesterday and with her, you know, her voice, she had just this beautiful voice. Hi, Pastor. I said, Sister Joy. Uh, and she told me she was at the hospital at Helene Ford. Um, and, and so I said, well, what happened? And uh, she just told me she was having palpitations and, you know, just pray for her. And we had a good conversation and. We, we prayed, and um, there was a good prayer that we prayed together on the phone. And so we need to pray for Sister Joy that God will touch her body, that God will touch her mind, and God will touch her spirit. Amen. And that God will make her whole and heal her. Um, they're going to do some further tests at another hospital down in Morristown. And so we want you to pray for her. So pray with me about that this morning. Um, Sister uh, um, Tanya Jennings. Uh, she have a sister that is not doing well health-wise, and we need to pray for her sister, and we also need to pray for her aunt. So Tanya has received just bad news, not good news, the past few days about her sister and her aunt. And so I want you to keep her in your prayer and keep their family, the Jennings family, in your prayer that God will strengthen them and comfort them, and that God will reveal himself to them and all of our prayer requests that we normally have on the board, let's keep them in mind. Let's pray for them. And let's pray this morning that God will continue to show himself uh, among us. We had a great service this morning at 9 a.m. We thank God for that. We pushed the envelope just a tad bit this morning. It wasn't my fault. It's just the Lord doing what the Lord is doing. 
And so we got out of here just in time, you know, and uh, we were able to wipe down and clean up and prepare for this service. And so we thank God for that. And if you have a prayer request this morning, I just want you to signal that by raising your hand. If you have any prayer requests, whether it's for yourself or for someone else, just raise your hand. And what we always say, God knows what's in your heart. And so we have one on Facebook. For who? Winston Watson. Okay, so we have, um, we just got one in um, through our live feed. Winston Watson, um, he's challenged and um, dealing with COVID. And so we need to pray for him, for God to heal him. So let's pray for Winston. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's pray. God knows your requests and what you need. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we will not allow anything to get in our way of us coming to you saying, oh, how we need you. Oh, how we can't make it without you. And this morning, Lord God, we have come with our petitions and requests. Lord God, we're all going through different trials and tribulations and sickness and illness and all that we're challenged with as we walk in this flesh, Lord God. And I pray this morning for Sister Joy, Lord God. I pray that the power of God will overshadow her and that healing will flow into her body, that by your stripes she will be healed in her body. She will be healed emotionally and spiritually, that she will be made well by you, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus for Winston, Lord God, that you will deliver him from COVID, that you will set him free, that you'll make him whole, and that by your stripe he will receive healing even now, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll touch him in a miraculous way, in a powerful way. Lord, we pray for Tanya and her family, Lord God, that you'll comfort them in this time, that your peace that passes all understanding will move upon them, Lord God, and that, Lord God, you reveal yourself to them and they will come to the knowledge of who you are in the name of Jesus Christ. Let nothing hinder them, no stronghold bind them, but set them free in Christ to respond in obedience to your direction, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, for every person, Lord God, that have signaled by the raising of their hand as a prayer request, Lord God, I pray, touching and agreeing with them, that, Lord, the desire of their heart, whatever they have desired and whatever they're praying, I touch and agree that let it be so, according to your will, Lord God, according to your purpose, Almighty God, let it be so. And I pray today that this service, Lord God, will be charged by the power from on high and that you will walk among us and manifest your presence. Uh, I pray for healing right now for any person that is in this room that needs healing, uh, that by your stripe they will be healed, that they will receive miraculous healing, a miraculous touch from you. And for those, oh God, that are streaming live this morning, uh, if there's, oh God, a need for healing, uh, I pray touching and agreeing with them uh, that miraculously, Lord God, they will receive healing, uh, they will receive wholeness, uh, that God, you will make them whole in their mind, whole in their body, and whole spiritually. We thank you and praise you. We say, let it be so, Lord. And we give you honor and praise for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with us. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, Lord. Amen. We're going to take our offering at this time. So if you have your offering, we're going to give our offering and we want you to give as the Lord 
has commanded us to give. He says, bring our tithes and an offering into the storehouse. He says, 10% of our increase we bring as tithes and offering we give. It is the commandment of the Lord. You want to be blessed financially, he will provide for you. And um, we pray that God will uh, multiply this offering. And as you know, we need a building. We, uh, we, see, we saw a building. We're looking at a building, but we can't afford the building. The building costs $1.7 million, and we can't afford that. But I'm constantly speaking that someone out there will hear us. Someone will hear our cry and realize that we're not asking for $1.7 million for ourselves, for our family. We're asking for $1.7 million that we can get a building, a facility where we can continue to do the work of Jesus Christ in this earth. We can reach lost people. Uh, there's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that are lost, disenfranchised, don't understand, misguided. And so the church is here to help all of those that are going through all of those struggles and challenges. And so we're here to do the work of God in the earth. And we believe that God will open the door and God uses people. And so if God is speaking to your heart this morning to, uh, to, to invest in his kingdom and give $1.7 million to this church, as I said, you don't have to give it directly to us. You can just come to the closing with us and write the check. Hallelujah. You don't even have to turn it over to us. Just come to the closing with the checkbook and write $1.7 million and hand it over to uh, the folks that own the property, which is a bank. So give this morning. Give cheerfully. I love to give. I enjoy giving because I know I'm giving unto the purpose of Christ in the earth. So be blessed this morning and give. Let's stand and pray for our offering as we come forward. And don't forget, baskets are here, here in the middle. And Brother Henry's coming around. And if you would like to give electronically, don't forget, you can go to our website, ChristCenteredOnline.com. ChristCenteredOnline.com. You can give through the website. You can give uh, PayPal. If you have a PayPal account, you can go to PayPal and look at look for our church and give that way. Uh, if you want to use your credit card and swipe, use the square. You can text Sister Patrice. Amen. If you can't, if you don't know her number, send an email through the church website, ChristCenteredOnline.com, and you can reach her that way. Also, you can cash app us on cash app. Uh, you can look up Christ Center Church. And so if you want to mail it in, you can mail in the uh, Christ Center Church, 22 Concord Avenue, Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. And so you have many different ways to give. If you're here, you can just give in person or you can give the same ways we just say. The good news of some of the young people these days and some not so young people can sit right in church and just get on their phone and give. That's awesome. And that's why as someone is streaming and watching this morning, wherever they are, you can just get on your phone and send us $1.7 million. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can cash up us. You probably want to, they probably want, they probably want to do it a different way because cash app might panic. You know, the amount, they might say, what in the world? What's going on? So you, you probably want to send it to us, give it uh, by PayPal or through the website, whatever way you want to give. Cash app might panic. But you can just, all you got to do is get on your phone. You're connected to your bank account. And just send that money straight to us, and that will be great. And, and, and those that will give sacrificially a big offering for us to purchase this property, we want you to come and enjoy it with us. So it, it's, it's amazing how the things of God work. You, you give that kind of money, Sister Stacy, and you want to come be a part of it by being in the house of the Lord with us and worship with us. It's your church, too. 
So you're not giving to some strange thing. You give and you make us make this church your church. You'll be a part of the kingdom of God and you'll be in a wonderful church because this is a great church. I love this church. I love what God is doing. This is a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And we're all doing our part to make sure we're pleasing God. Give this morning. Father, bless the givers. Those that don't have to give, will you open the door, make a way for them to give? Multiply this offering, Lord God. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll continue to just pour out blessings upon us, that we will not have room enough to receive it. And, Lord, we are asking that you send someone that will give unto us for us to purchase that property. Or, God, if you want to work in some other way for us to receive the property, we are all good with it. We just want to serve you and do your will. Bless this offering, multiply, and give back unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. Whichever way you can give, go ahead and give. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm always so appreciative for our musicians, how they just, oh, man, they do a great job. Thank you, musicians. And uh, Matthew, you're doing so good. Amen. Hallelujah. We have the the teacher, Brother Scarlett, and then we have Josiah that, you know, if Brother Scarlett don't watch out, Joe going to bump him over. But every once in a while, you notice Brother Scarlett just have to let them know I'm still the teacher. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Every once in a while, they got to let them know. You know, I'm bringing you all along, but don't forget, I'm the teacher around here. <laughs> Amen. So we thank God for that. Hallelujah. That's right. Let them know, Brother Scarlett. Uh, you are the teacher, and they are doing great. Hallelujah. Glad to see everybody this morning. My sentiment as well, too, that I am so glad to see Brother Daryl Parker in the house. Amen. Brother D. Brother D, it's good to see you. That's such a wonderful, he's just a great guy. We appreciate you, Lord, sending Brother Parker here. Amen. And I miss a lot of you. Still looking for some of you and as I like to say, no pressure, don't feel any kind of pressure, you know, safety is first and what's important is important that you stay safe. And um, if you're compromised in any way, absolutely stay safe. But for those of you that are not compromised, would love to see your face. I, I didn't know what to do when D walked in the house. <laughs> I checked him all out. I looked at his shoes, his face mask. I'm looking at everything, you know. We can't hug like we normally hug. This is just, oh, my goodness. It's tough. It is tough, man. You want to, you know, do what you normally do when we couldn't do anything. But I checked him out from head to toe. Shirley looks good. Amen. Nice shoes. You know, he looked, you know, cool, you know, got his chinos on and, you know, nice sports jacket, you know, with his face mask matching the sports jacket. Brother D is in the house. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. Good to be here. I need y'all to uh, praise the Lord with me this morning. Preach with me. Amen. That's what the preacher, that's what the old timers say. You going to preach with me this morning? Amen. Preach with me. And so for those of you that are here, you're going to preach with me. And those of you that are streaming live, you're going to preach with me. I just need everybody to preach with me. So we'll have a whole bunch of preachers this morning. Right? We'll have a whole bunch of preachers. We're all preaching. So some of us are saying one thing. Some of us are saying other. So when I say something, you say, preach it, preacher. Brother Fox say, preach it, doc. You remember Brother Fox? Preach it, doc. I miss Brother Fox. I was just telling somebody the other day, I love Brother Fox. I miss him. Amen. He's with his kids, and that's always good. So, amen. Brother Fox, my guy. Preach it, Doc. Amen. Tom, to no Tony. No Tony. I, I, I got to find out what's going on here. All right. Well, greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. Good to have all of you to here this morning, all of you that have tuned in. So good to be with you. Thank you for being a part of this wonderful church that the Lord has put together. And um, we want you to be blessed today. If you will stand with me, we're going to get right into the word of God. And we are 
going to see what the Lord will speak to our hearts this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll start in verse number 15, and we'll read from 15 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll read verse 15 through 23. Amen. Old timers again used to say, when you're there, say amen. You know why they used to say that? Because they had Bibles in their hand. We were skipping Bible pages back then. So that's what, you know, people were skipping. And, you know, for some people that didn't know their Bible real good, it took them a long time. And so the preacher would say, when you're there, say amen. And he don't hear any amen. He's like, okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> they still trying to find Ephesians. Where is Ephesians? Then when they get frustrated, they go to the front of the Bible and look what page number is it. Okay, and then flip it to it. Nowadays, we have all this stuff and all this electronic stuff. And so people click on Ephesians. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not turning the Bible pages. They click on Ephesians. I wonder if there will be a day where uh, you will barely see Bibles. I got something. I'm holding on to it because I'm thinking one day we're just going to be so consumed by electronics that Bibles will be scarce. And to have a Bible will be just like a big thing. Woo! Here's my Bible. Got my Bible. Ephesians chapter number one, verse five. I'm sorry. Trying to learn this stuff. Sorry, Brother Scarlet. Brother Scarlet trying to work with me. Okay. Just make sure the people that are streaming live are good. They're good. They can hear me. I don't want to mess with anybody. You know, one of the things, you know, that, that, that we appreciate is um, our AV folks have done such a tremendous job that folks that tune into our live feed, they really feel good about it. Matter, matter of fact, maybe too good about it. <laughs> they feel good about the live stream because it's so clear um, and, you know, it's a good, you know, view or to be a part of what's going on. And so they're, they're just engaged. And so uh, we thank God for that. So great job that our audiovisual folks are doing and we thank God for them. We greet our church family in New York, our church family in Florida, our church family in Jamaica, our church family in all across the globe. Because if I start naming, I know um, we have folks that are watching in the Philippines, Australia, um, Canada, um, just all over the globe. (laughs) But we're greeting all of you in the wonderful name of Jesus And I pray today the Lord will speak to your heart and you will respond to his word. That's the biggest thing that we can do when we decide to step into this is to say, I am going to respond because it does us no good just to hear it. Right. And and these days we're accustomed to just have knowledge, knowledge. And we have so much knowledge just hanging in there and we're doing nothing with it. And for those of us that are ambitious, when we obtain knowledge for the things that we like to do, we do something with it, don't we? So whether it's your job or your business or whatever it is, when you get knowledge, you use that knowledge to, you know, do great on your job or to move your business forward or whatever the case may be. So don't let the knowledge of God come into your mind and it just be dormant. Let the knowledge of God come into your heart and your mind and you do something about it. Amen. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter one. All right, Brother Scarlett, I think we should be good now. All right. I don't, I don't hear myself. Ephesians, 
Yeah, but I need to hear myself too. They tell me online, hear you. I got to hear myself. If not, you know. All right. Do I need to? Hey, I got to watch. Y'all be careful. Ethan is on a mission. Sean and Ethan on a mission. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if he's on a mission at, well, Ethan on a mission. <laughs> Y'all going to kill me. When, when is, um, I got two more months. All right. So Ethan, Ethan is just, every time you turn around, but Ethan is all over stuff. And I really appreciate that because that says that he cares. He cares. I mean, he's like in tune with everything. I, you know, I know he's the, you know, he's singing and worshiping the Lord, but he's still kind of paying attention to everything else because he cares. And and, and he's not really A.V., but he care about A.V., right? <laughs> Got a little ear listening all the time. Ethan, I really appreciate you. Amen. We didn't know that, that the little chunky baby face baby will turn out to be this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. We got to get one of those pictures and put it on the screen one day so people can see what we what we know. <laughs> you know, we know we need to put one of those pictures on the screen one of these days because we know Ethan is <laughs> a grown man, grown man, college graduate, loving the Lord and doing great things. So, hallelujah. We thank God for him. Ephesians chapter one. Amen. Verse number 15. Wherefore. I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is the Apostle Paul writing here. And he's saying, uh, as he writes, he's saying that once he heard of the faith of the saints in Ephesus, he says, once I heard of your faith and your love for Jesus and love for all the saints, I started praying for you constantly and making mention of you in my prayers. Now, here, here is what Paul says he prays for the saints at Ephesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Lord Jesus, one more time we ask. Will you anoint me, Lord God, as your humble servant, that I may speak as your oracle, 
that I may be led of your spirit and that the flow of the spirit of God will just begin to flow in me and through me. Lord, I pray that you'll touch the hearing of your dear, precious saints of God and that you'll allow them to receive the word of God, the engrafted word of God in their heart, that transformation will take place, that their eyes will be open and that they will know more truth and that the truth that they come to know, Lord God, will drive them into an even deeper relationship with you. That, oh, my God, they will make a difference in this world as they live for you in your kingdom. Lord, have your way in this place. If you will, let there be signs, wonders, and miracles that all of us will experience today before we end this service. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all your goodness. And we ask that you will hear and grant as we have prayed what we believe is your will. Let it be so, Lord. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated. We're going to focus this morning on the text in verse number 18. Verse number 18 will be our focus text this morning. That text says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It is absolutely or absolute necessity that we have our understanding enlightened. Somebody say amen. It's hard to admit to that, but we need enlightenment. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Everything we will ever see depend upon the open eye. The eye. We're looking at each other. We're looking around. And so we see. That's pretty obvious. The scene may be beautiful. And the lights may be bright. But if your sight is gone, all is vain. You can't perceive anything because you can't see anything. Zedekiah had his eyes put out by the king of Babylon. And then he was bound and taken down to the imperial city. But unfortunately, he could not enjoy all its splendor, that great city. He might as well have been in a desert because he couldn't see. The blinded monarch beheld nothing of all the grandeur of this golden city. And to him, the wealth was as though it had been, doesn't matter, because he could not see it. So it is for us spiritually. If Jesus does not enlighten our eyes, we have no apprehension of spiritual things. No power to discern eternal good because we are born. Somebody hear me this morning. We are born. Our natural birth 
into this world, we are born spiritually blind. And the devil do his best to keep our mind blinded and our heart darkened. We are born into this world physically, spiritually blind. That's something that we need to really understand. And so we're going about our ways, acting like we can see when in actuality we're blind. Can you imagine moving around blind but acting like you can see? Can you imagine trying to cross a busy highway when you're blind, but you're going to tell yourself, I can see though. Can you imagine that? What would happen if you are physically blind, but you pretend you can see? What would happen to you? How would your life exist or will it exist? Think about that. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord must first enlighten the eyes of our understanding. If not, we will never be able to apprehend spiritual things. And let me tell you, church, a lot of people don't understand this. But things happen in the spiritual realm before we can actually perceive them in the natural realm. I heard a guy said this, and I totally agree with this. If you're involved in just your job, or even in church, understand this, Shauna, you'll appreciate this. Understand this. You don't get yourself to where you're trying to get to. You need people that will vouch for you. You need people that will support you. None of us get to any place on our own. We're going to need some people that are advocates for us. Before you get your promotion at work, before you advance in your career, somebody was an advocate for you. So behind closed doors, in that boardroom, on that Zoom call, somebody was advocating for you for the next move in your life. Well, in the spiritual, things are going on before we can behold it in the natural. You need to understand and be able to perceive and apprehend spiritual things because it certainly comes forth before the natural. Mm-hmm. 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 Ephesians 4, 17, the scripture says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of mine. I won't, don't worry, Brother Scarlett, I, I won't bend over. I can't help myself. You know, Patrice said I can't stay still, so I can't stay still. I'll get it together. I'll get it together. But Ephesians told us not to walk as other Gentiles walk. And what that means is don't walk, don't live your life as ungodly people live their life. 
How does ungodly people live their life? It went on to say, in the vanity of their mind. When you're not connected to the Lord, when you're not a, a, a child of God, when you're not a saint of God, when you're not a, 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 a one that's living in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are living in the vain or vanity of your mind, meaning your thinking is vain. You won't understand a lot of things. You won't perceive the spiritual things. You're just doing things according to the vainness of your mind. And I believe a lot of that is going on in our world today. As I said, we're blind. Our heart is darkened, but we're acting like that's not true. And so we're going about life in certainty that we can see and that our hearts are light is shining in it. But that's not true. We're we are an accident or a wreck getting ready to happen. Because if you're thinking that you can see, but you really can't see, oh man. And so the Lord says, when we are ungodly, we live our life in the vain or vanity of our mind. Went on to explain some more in verse 18. Having the understanding darkened. Big one. Being alienated. From the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Unless Jesus enlighten our eyes, enlighten our understanding, church, we can't see. We can't see. And we don't understand that we can't see. That's the most dangerous part about it. It's one thing that can't see. It's another thing to can't see but think you can see. Divine things are usually seen or perceived by the spiritual rather than by your understanding. It's interesting. A lot of times you look on social media and people have these fine sayings. And sometimes I smile when I read some of them. And even me, myself, sometimes we post things from the message. And I know what it meant to me because I feel like God enlightened me to see it that way. But unfortunately, so many things that is written and being spoken, we don't really understand it. But we're pretending we understand it. And we like to post these things, these, these, these words of wisdom, so we feel. These nuggets, so we feel. But we probably not even grasping the understanding of it because why? We're blind, but we think we can see. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Help us to not allow ourselves to think we can see when we're really blind. 
Help us, Lord Jesus, that we will come to you and not let our pride get in the way. Because, Lord, for us to think we can see when we really can't and we won't come to the one who can open our eyes to see clearly, it must be our pride, Lord God. Something is preventing us from coming to you so you can open our eyes to see. Oh, God, help us that we will realize we really can't see and we must come to you so we can see. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Somebody just need to talk to the Lord for a moment because that's so that's so real. That's so real that we got to realize we're not seeing because our eyes are blinded, our hearts are darkened, and we can't perceive spiritual things. But yet we're saying how much that God is this and God is that. And we're saying all the things that we believe God is doing. But if we can't see, how do we know? Lord, will you help us? Will you help us, Jesus? Will you help us? Oh, I feel like we've got to become a people. we got to repent and become a people, Ethan, that everything we say these days should be, Lord, help us. Forget all the other stuff like we know anything. We just need to everything we say these days. Every time we, we say anything or post anything, we need to just say, Lord, help us. Because even when we post something that we might be enlightened of and we see clearly and we know it because God enlightened us to see it. If we put it out there, so many are blind that even when they read it, it doesn't make a difference. So we probably will be safe and, in, and, and, and be good to say, Lord, I'm blind. Will you help us to see? Will you help us to see? Will you help us to perceive spiritual things? The true eye of the renewed person is seated in the spirit of the mind that is being influenced by the Holy Spirit rather than your heart. Paul says, that he never ceased to pray that their eyes might be enlightened. Christians need to have their understanding enlightened. You got to remember, Paul was writing to the saints at Ephesus. He was not writing to people that were unsaved. He, were right, he was writing to the saints, saved people. In Ephesus, he was writing to them to say that they need their understanding enlightened to perceive spiritual things. And what that means is you might have perceived some spiritual things. But that's not the end. You might have perceived spiritual things as to how to be born again. You might have perceived spiritual things as to what is faith. You might have perceived those things because God enlightened you to understand those things. But that's not where it ends. So as a Christian, you have to keep on asking God, will you enlighten my eyes? Will you enlighten my understanding so I can know and understand more of you and what you want of me and how I need to live my life? I need enlightenment. So as a Christian, you still need to be enlightened every day because you need to learn more and more about Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like you're a Christian, you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit, and that means that you're all good. No, we need to be enlightened the whole way. And so, if you're a Christian and you need to be enlightened, 
think about those that are not Christians. Now you see what I'm saying? Now you see what I'm saying? This is why this might be a controversy here that I'm getting ready to start. But this is why we will never really get true solution as to how to fix our world. Because again, we're blind. But think we can see. Because if I ask everybody, even the good people, like we like to call it, because nobody's good, but nobody is good but God. But just for our sake, even if I ask the good people what love is, they couldn't really tell me. Because love didn't come from man. Love came from God. So you need to know love by knowing God. So even with just regular human behavior of what we learn, I give credit and respect to that. As humans, yes, we're supposed to know how to be respectful and all that. But even in that, I'm saying, do we really know how to love? So I, I think about it sometimes. We can, we can conform to behaviors, but it might not just be what's inside of our hearts. We can conform to certain things, but it's not who we are and because we know how to act when we go outside of our homes and we act differently in different places. So we can conform, but it's not in us. So truly, again, we need to be enlightened by the Lord Jesus to ever change things and make a difference and, and be able to do the right thing for us. For this thing to be authentic for this thing to be organic this is the only way it's the only way you have to be transformed by the power of God you got to be converted by the spirit of God and, and, and let God begin to work in your life and enlighten you and it becomes who you are because you have become like him that's the only way this truly is authentic and organic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're born blind. And even when we get, we are born again, we still need to be enlightened. Uh-huh. We need the Lord Jesus to enlighten our understanding that we can perceive and understand spiritual things. If we don't get the Lord, if the Lord doesn't enlighten us to, to perceive spiritual things, we will be lost. This is why the Bible says, I don't know why I find myself teaching a lot in this service. This is why the Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. So you know what that grace is, Ethan? That grace is, I'm going to allow you to understand some things just because. That's what the grace is. I'm going to allow you to know some things just because. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to give you an opportunity to know some things just because. You don't deserve it, but I'm going to do it anyhow. And that's where it all starts is when we get an opportunity that we don't deserve. That's where it all starts. Remember, I always tell you, there's all kind of fancy biblical explanation for grace, but I just narrowed it down and just kind of look at it from the standpoint of grace period. Right? So I know there's deeper explanation to grace, but I just narrowed it down to this. 
getting an opportunity that you didn't earn or deserve. That's grace. Because the PhD and Jesus, they're going to cut your light off on the 30th, 30th of this month, and they never cut it off till August the 15th. From the 30th to August the 14th. Did you deserve it? No, because they said they're going to cut it off. And so they gave you an opportunity that you did not deserve, that you did not earn. So if you want to know what God's grace is, it's giving you an opportunity. Some people take the grace of God meaning I can live however I want and I'm good. That's not it. You missed it. The grace of God shows up before anything else. That's how it works. The grace of God shows up before anything else. God has given you an opportunity that you don't deserve. Now you still got to respond and obey and grasp that opportunity. But grace shows up first. Grace is what allows you to come to know Jesus. Grace shows up first. Mm -hmm. We need God to enlighten our understanding that we can see. We need it. We need it. Church, I'm telling you, I sensed it maybe even six weeks ago. That when you begin to be enlightened by the Lord and he begins to show you things, you will begin to feel people not feel, not being in agreement with you. And then you will hopefully have some wisdom to say, stay quiet. <laughs> because now people are not in agreement with you because now you're seeing it the way the Lord wants you to see it. And I've lived for God long enough to know usually when everybody is seeing it the same way, it's usually the other way. Because his ways, not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so when we're all seeing it the same way, I say, ooh, this might not be the way it is. Mm-hmm. 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 And so we need God to enlighten us so we can see. We need the Lord to enlighten our understanding that we can perceive spiritual things. Because if you know spiritual things, you will be able to handle the natural. Remember, the spiritual came before the natural. How can you say that, preacher? God. God always existed. And, as, and, and he existed before anything existed. He always existed. And so while he existed, Shauna, nothing else existed. So what's first? The spirit being. Who is God? So that we know spirit is first. He became man, the man Christ Jesus. But before he became man, he existed as a spirit. Spirit things are first. If you come to know the spiritual things, it's easy to perceive the natural things. Mm -hmm. God enlighten us so we can see clearly. So we can perceive spiritual things. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. Same verse. So Paul prayed. That the. Ephesians. Their understanding will be enlightened. Then he went on to say. That they may know. What is the hope. Of his calling. And what that means is. That they would know. What is the hope which is their calling. 
Mm -hmm. All of us have this hope, which is his calling. There's not one person Jesus is not calling this morning. There's not one person that will not receive the call of God. Not one. We all will be called by God. The question is, will we answer the call and go? We don't have to do anything to earn this hope, which is his calling. This hope of his calling comes to each and every one of us because of the love of God and his grace towards us. Uh huh. This hope is a high calling. I love this hope that we have. Church, we're not hopeless. It's not doom and gloom. Everything is not wrong and bad and the destruction. And it doesn't matter what we think, how things are, and everything is just so messed up and everything is just so bad. And the picture that's being painted is there's no hope. And sometimes we, 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 we start hoping by, you know, we, we start saying things. You know, we try to say encouraging things to each other we t- to try to say be encouraged. But we really don't know. We're just saying it because it encourages and it builds up and it lifts people. So we say encouraging things. But I'm here to tell you, if you know who Jesus is, uh, if you understand that he is your hope, uh, I don't have to say things uh, to encourage you. I would just speak his words uh, to encourage you because his words are true and you can be encouraged to know you have hope and your hope is in his calling I don't have to say pretty things you know oh girl you gonna make it and girl is doing everything that says she ain't gonna make it (laughs) and so we keep saying this stuff just to kind of we don't have to do that Because God has given us this hope. And the hope is that he's calling us. Uh Uh-huh. The hope is that he's calling us. And that this calling is a high calling. Philippians 3 and 14, the word of God says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This Hope is a calling that is a high calling. This hope is a calling to separate ourselves from ungodly living. No longer live according to the sight of our eyes, but live by faith and the renewed mind, which is now influenced by the Holy Spirit. I showed them this morning of how the calling work so we can really get a clear picture of how to call and work. And Izzy, I said this morning, God will call every one of us. There's not one of us that he will not call. And so the bottom line is, if, if, if Brother Scarlett, just picture him as Jesus over there. And he calls me. We're all right here talking. And he calls me. Jesus calls me. Guess what? In order for me to get to Jesus, I separate from you two. All right, I'm going to Jesus. Yep, going to Jesus. Going to Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, good to see you. When I do this, I automatically separate 
But somehow we want to tell everybody that we have answered his call, but still be with everybody else. You can't answer the call and still be with the masses. You have to answer the call and go be with Jesus and whoever else is with Jesus. We're all trying to be with the masses. And here is something that you must know. We know Jesus calls everyone. And that is our hope. And I know Jesus is going to call Izzy and Jesus is going to call Stacy. I know that for sure. I don't know when he will call them. I don't know if he already called them and they decide they don't want to come. So you have to realize that you can't look at what the masses do. You have to know when he calls me, I'm going. Because he might have called them already and they decide they don't want to go. Or it's not their time yet, so he has not called them. But we know for sure he will call everyone. We can't answer the call and stay with the masses. We answer the call to be with Jesus. When he told Thomas, come on. When he told uh, 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 Matthew, come on. When he told all of the, the disciples that he called Peter, when he, when he told them, come on, they all left what they were doing and they went. Uh, when he told Abraham, come on, where I show you a land that you don't know, he left and he went. But somehow, in this day, we want to say we are obeying the call. But we're following the masses. You know why? But we think we can see. And so people are telling you all this stuff like they know what's going on and that they can see. Because they think they can see when in actuality they're blind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I told him this morning, I said, no wonder when Jesus hung on the cross. When they all, all got together and crucified him, both the Romans and the Jews, they got together and did it together. But forget about their titles of what kind of people they are. They were people. And they got together and they said, crucify him. And he said, as he hung and hung his head, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Because they're blind. This is why he can say forgive them for they know not. Because they're blind. And church, I'm here to tell you, we have to get on our game and ask God to enlighten our eyes so we can see. Because the bottom line is we're treating people like they are seeing clearly when they're not seeing clearly. They're blind. We're treating people like they can see and they have obtained spiritual things when they have not because they can't see. Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. What he's saying is they can't see. They don't perceive spiritual things. They don't understand. So forgive them. Why aren't we forgiving people knowing that they are not seen clearly, knowing that they're blind? And then we're supposed to have enough passion and love for them to realize. And if they don't eventually start seeing, they will perish. And we don't want that for anyone. Do we want that for anyone? Do we want anyone to perish? I don't want anyone to perish. I hope you don't want anyone to perish, because if you wish that on anybody, it's going to be it's going to come to you as well. So we better want everybody to be saved. 
We better want everyone to know Jesus. We better want everyone to go to heaven. Because if you don't want that, I don't want to know what your end will be. Let me move on here. When we, when we answer this hope, this hope is, is, is important. It's a calling. We separate ourselves. And we begin to walk by faith and not by sight. We, we separate ourselves and begin to live according to the enlightenment that God gives us and not according to our own understanding. When we lay hold on this hope and obey the calling as Christians, this makes our life very different from the rest of mankind. When you and everybody else is the same and you say you're a Christian, Challenge yourself and say, how is that? Because the bottom line is he called you. So you separated yourself. And now you're living according to faith and his enlightenment for you to see. So now you can see. And the ones that has not been enlightened can't see. How in the world can the blind and those that are seeing do the same thing? If they're blind, you kind of just, either you lead them or you leave them. Yeah, if they're blind, either you lead them or you leave them. And if they don't want you to lead them, then you got to leave them. And there's no way you and a blind man will be doing the same thing because you know what you're doing and where you're going, but the blind man don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This hope that we have is a calling from God. This hope that we have is a calling from God. Our hope as we obey his calling keeps us under protection. For us, there shall be no sentence of condemnation because of this hope, because of this calling. For it is written, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. This hope of his calling keeps us from condemnation. If you go when he calls you and you leave the masses and you go where he is, he says, there is no more condemnation that you have to worry about because now you're with me. You don't have to worry and nobody can condemn you when you're with me. Woo. Jesus is so good. Uh-huh. This hope, which is our calling, first is for us to receive the spirit of Christ so we can become like him. When he calls us and we go, what he's saying essentially is, I'm going to give you my spirit because I want you to be like me. My spirit will transform you to become like me. And so in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this ministry. I'm sorry, let me read again. Colossians 1 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, it's a mystery, Christ in you the hope of glory. Uh-huh. So that this when the Holy Spirit is 
fills you, now guess what? You have Christ in you and you have hope. Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. This hope, which is our calling, is first to be to, to receive the Holy Spirit that we may be transformed into his image. We can only be transformed by his spirit and by his word. Secondly, this hope of his calling is for us to receive eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Titus 1 and 1 and 2 says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, he cannot lie, promised before the world began in hope of eternal life. Titus 3 Four through seven. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Key verse seven, that being justified by his grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so this calling, this hope that we have is his calling. And this calling will cause us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which will transform our life and keep working us and keep transforming us and keep working in us and transforming us that we may be like him. And as he's working in us and transforming us every day, every hour, as we keep getting transformed. Guess what? The day will come when we will now join him eternally. Our hope is his calling. And his calling is to transform us. His calling is for us to receive eternal life. That's his calling. And that's our hope. This is why it behooves me when we allow ourselves to get worked up about the things of this world. Because I plan on spending eternity with him. And because I plan to spend eternity with him, I am not going to let the things that happen in this world get me all bent out of shape and cause me to lose out on eternal life. I can't do it. I can't allow the things of this world to get me so messed up that I lose out on eternal life. I can't allow it. But if you allowing it, it means you don't understand the hope of his calling for your life. Because if you understand that, you'll say, well, this too will pass. You will say, it'll be all right. And you're not just saying a cliche because you know one day you will spend eternity with him and there will be no more dying, no more crying, no more hurts, no more pain. You know that you will spend eternity with him and it will all be all right. So we're not just saying cliches when things get difficult and hard. We're going to say my hope is his calling and his calling is that I be Become like him and spend eternity with him. So why am I worrying? 
Yes, I can be challenged in my spirit because as a child of God, I want to see righteousness. I want to see love. I want to see joy. I want to see people oh, fulfilling their purpose and walking according to the ways of God. Yes, I want to see that. And when you don't see that, it might grieve you. But that doesn't mean I get so messed up that I just mess my own self up and mess up my future, which is to spend eternity with him. Our hope, which is his calling, is that we receive his spirit and be transformed to become like him and then eventually spend eternity with him. I move toward closing here. Ephesians 1 and 18. That same text that we've been rolling with, at the end of it, it says, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Church, listen to me carefully. This is supposed to make you want to dance. This is supposed to make you want to shout. This is supposed to make you want to cry. This is supposed to make you want to sing. Listen to me. The riches of Christ's inheritance are the saints of God. When you become like him, when you repent of your sins, when you're baptized in his name, he fills you with his spirit and you're allowing his spirit to keep transforming you, that you become like him. As you're living that life, when the day finally come and you now go be with him in eternity, he says, you are my inheritance. All of this that I've done, all that I've gone through is for me to receive my inheritance. There's so many people in the natural that they're looking forward to an earthly inheritance. They're looking forward to materialistic inheritance. And they will do anything to get that inheritance. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus' inheritance is the saints of God. You should be excited to know if you live this thing out right, you are the one that he looked at and say, you are my inheritance. You are the one he's calling his inheritance. You. You, he's saying you are my inheritance. Oh, somebody, you need to lift your head up high and begin to strut a little differently. Not with pride, but strut knowing who you are and what you are and who loves you and the value that you have. You need to pick up that head and you need to start living a different way because you, the saint of God, you who have been saved, you who are obeying the calling and listen and live your life according to his purpose, you are his inheritance. My God, what kind of, what kind of, what, what kind of riches is that? What kind of, what kind of goodness has he bestowed upon us that we can be his inheritance? People are killing themselves for gold, for silver, for money, for land, for property. People are going crazy for all this stuff. And God says, you, the saints of God, are my inheritance. And he owns everything. Just think about that. He owns everything. He owns everything. But he says, you, the saints of God, are my inheritance. Uh-huh. 
The riches of Christ's inheritance are the saints. Those who have obeyed the word of God for salvation. You are his inheritance. Look at Ephesians 2 and 10. The word of God says, for we are his workmanship. (laughs) Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. First Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a, I love to quote the scripture to myself, whenever you don't feel good, whenever you feel down and out, whenever things are not working right, whenever you feel lonely and unloved, 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 hear me now. You turn your Bible to 1 Peter 2 and 9 and read this. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light when you don't feel like you're being loved when you don't feel like they're treating you valuable I want you to know you are his inheritance you are peculiar you are holy you belong to him he calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light and that's why you can be enlightened to know the truth and who God is oh Oh, we, 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 we supposed to be loving God and showing how appreciative we are. I close. How can God make riches out of poor men and women like us, Brother D? How can God make riches out of us? Yeah, we're Christians. Yeah, we're believers in Christ. But what is there in us? That will be counted as riches. As a matter of fact, he says riches of glory. What in us that makes us be counted as that? Nothing. However, here is what he would say. He loves us from the foundation of the world. And you know this. Understand this, the precious things become what we love. Uh Uh-huh, yes. You know how precious a thing becomes when you love it. God says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what I mean by we miss so many things because we can't see what we think we can see. When you love anyone the way God said you must love them, love them as yourself, they become precious to you. All of us, we love our children because they're so precious to us. We love people, our spouses, because now now they're precious to us. Because we love them, they're precious to us. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you know where we got that from? Our Lord and Savior. We are precious to him because he has bestowed love upon us even when we were sinners and we were walking in ungodly ways and we weren't pleasing him. He still loves us. Yes, yes, 
He loves us. And so because he loves us so much, guess what? We are precious to him. Mm -hmm. We are his beloved keepsake. And he will not part with us for nothing. When you love someone, you ain't parting with them for nothing. When you love someone, you are not parting with them for nothing. Uh Uh-oh. See what our problem is? Not the microphone. Is me, not the microphone. But you see what our problem is? We don't, we don't, we don't like that part. Sister Rabia, let me talk to you. I ain't talking to everybody. Let me just talk to you. I can't move too for too much because the camera. But Sister Rabia, you and I can talk. I said to the congregation and those that are not here but are part of the congregation, I said, when you love somebody, you don't depart from them. I only got. I don't know if I got anything. You know why? Because a lot of us don't see it that way. So you know what it means? We're blind. We can't see. But we're professing that we can see. This is what I mean by we have to watch what society is doing. They're blind. They can't see because they say they love. Okay. God's way of loving is when you love, you don't depart. How many people say I love you but depart? Did they love like God says? No, because they're. Thank you, Mama Thomas. They're blind. That's what I'm saying. And they don't like it when the word confront them to say you're blind. You need enlightenment from God because when God loves, he never departs. He will never depart from Israel. He will never depart from his church. God will always keep us. Only way we don't have a relationship with God is when we resist him or when we depart from him. Other than that, this love that he has for us will keep him or keep us with him. That get it all quiet because now we, 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 we got to. We got to ponder that this morning, this afternoon now. We got to ponder that. Yep, light light just came in. I don't know if you're going to allow the light to, you know, shine and show you the way. But, but, but that's, that's something we're going to have to deal with. If you say you love, what are you doing? Because Jesus says, I love you with an everlasting love. He will not stop loving you. And that love will never let him depart from you. But you certainly will depart from him. Mm-hmm. 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 We are his inheritance. And that's why he has bestowed this love on us. We may have little intrinsic value to Christ, but he has long set his heart upon us. He has loved us so long, so intensely, with such an unabounded love. That now there's wealth in us. There's something in us that's valuable. It's not according to what we have, but it's according to what he has deposited in us. The value that we carry to make us his inheritance is because of what he has placed in us. That's what makes us valuable. The Bible talks about that. Guess what? There's a there's a there's a there's a treasure in us. We are the earthen vessel and there's a treasure in us. That treasure is the Holy Ghost. 
That treasure is his love. That treasure is his righteousness. That treasure is all that he has bestowed upon us. And that makes us valuable in his eyes. And guess what? That's why we are his inheritance. Because of his investment in us, we have become valuable. Uh huh. If you're a builder, you can find a broken down, slumped over house, and because you're a builder, you can get in there and you can make that thing look some kind of way that nobody thought it could look. And when it was broken down and just dilapidated and messed up, guess what? The value of it might have been a few thousand dollars. You go in as a builder, you do that thing upright. I like to watch Property Brothers. My wife turned me on to Property Brothers because if I don't say that, she's going to give me a hard time. I turn you on to Property Brothers. Okay, you turn me on to Property Brothers, sister. Okay, and so I watch Property Brothers and I watch them transform homes that are messed up into beautiful homes. And so it becomes more valuable when property brothers begin to invest in that house. It becomes more valuable. They show you sometimes how the, the property value might be 300000 and by the time they get done and give it a few years, it doubles. Preacher, why are you telling us this? Because you had no significant value. And it's not until he began to invest in you. Oh! It's not until he bestowed his love upon you. It's not until he deposited all his wonderful truth and his righteousness and his spirit in you. It wasn't until he did that that you became valuable and now you are his inheritance. Oh, Lord. As the Lord Jesus looks over all that he has made, he sees nothing that has cost him suffering and death till he comes to his people. Everything that God has made, he looked it over. The hills, the valley, the seas, the trees, the grass, the animals. He looks and he sees all of it. And he looks and he smiles. And he says, none of those things cost me any pain and suffering and death. But my inheritance cost me some suffering. My inheritance cost me some pain. As a matter of fact, my inheritance caused me death. He invested in us. He made deposits in us. Oh, Lord, what are you doing to me, Lord? Uh, uh, uh. Holy Ghost. With all the brokenness in us and all the ways how we're living and all what we're trying to do and all why it's not working, Holy Ghost, we're not making investments in each other. And that's why we can do all that. That's why we're messed up. Because if you love, oh God, 
God is so easy. He doesn't miss. You can't get around him. If we love the way he loves us, if we love one another the way he commands us, it means we are making a deposit. We are depositing in each other. And whatever you deposit in, whatever you begin to put and invest in, you will love and you will not depart. That's our problem. We can go with all the stuff we want to talk about. I don't care what they want to talk about out there. We have not loved because when you love, you make a deposit. You make a deposit and nobody makes a deposit and and put everything they can in something and just walk away from it. You don't do that. Only a crazy person will invest everything that they can invest in something or someone and then just turn their backs. And the reason why we are the Lord's inheritance, he had deposited in us. He's teaching us something, church. He's teaching us something. He's teaching us something. And I hate to say it. This is not what you want to hear because I told you when I say the things of God, I feel resistance sometimes. But here's what I'm going to tell you. As soon as people start to talk about racism and racists and all this, just just say the missing element is love. Please tell them that. Please tell them that. Please tell them I hear you what you're saying. But our issue is not all of the stuff we're talking about. Our issue is we're disobeying God because God told us to love our neighbor as ourselves, And that love means we make the power. That love means we make investments. That's what that love means. And when we do that, we will not treat each other any kind of way. We will not walk away from one another when they're hurting. We will stay and be there because we've made deposits and investments. We are the Lord's inheritance because he has made investments in us. He is deposited in us. And that's the way it's going to work. That's how we're going to make it through is we follow his lead. His lead is he loved us even when we didn't deserve to be loved by him, even when we weren't doing what he wanted us to do. But guess what? He loved us anyway. And he made deposit in us when we obeyed the call, when he called us and we came. He started investing in us and investing in us. And it came to the point where he now calls us his inheritance. What are we doing? What are we doing? First Peter 1 and 8, 1 and 18, the Bible says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed, you were not purchased with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Church, God invested what you can't get any place else in us. You find any blood that's like his. You can't. It's not. It doesn't exist because all have sinned. And what he shed was sinless blood. He was the only one that never sinned. So what he invested in you, you can't find it no place else. So what is he trying to tell us? When you really love someone, you're going to give them what you give to know. 
When you love someone, you're going to give them what you give nobody else. Nobody else should get what you give to those that you love. Now, here's the story. We're supposed to love everybody. So we're, we're, we're investing something in them that is so precious that there's no way we walk away. There's no way we walk away. I don't care what goes wrong. I don't care how bad it gets. How can we walk away? Our God never walked away. That's what make us. He's saying, oh, God, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Oh, oh my God. Church, bear with me. Please bear with me. The Holy Ghost is helping me. <laughs> the prodigal son. He said to his dad, give me my investment, my inheritance so I can go. The Lord just spoke to me and said, who you know leave their inheritance? <laughs> I invest with Jesus. The Holy Ghost just said to me, who walk away from their inheritance? Go ask the prodigal son. He didn't even want to be at the crib, and he could have just left, Ethan. He should have just, when you mad and you don't want to deal with a parent, just leave. But the prodigal son knew he had an inheritance. He was like, yo, dad, I'm kind of not feeling y'all, and I don't want to be here. <laughs> but, but can I get my inheritance before I roll? <laughs> the Holy Ghost just prompted me to say, who walks away from their inheritance? Only a crazy person. So Jesus is saying to you today, why will he walk away from his inheritance? He will never walk away from you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, God, stand to your feet. Oh, man. This is why we can read the scripture. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He knew what he was saying. God, I can't. I can't wait to see Jesus face to face and laugh with him because he's, he is so crafty. We're reading stuff and Jesus is saying, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We're like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But when you start to understand, if we are in his inheritance, he's saying, who walking away from that? The prodigal son didn't. And all these people that know they have great inheritance, they don't walk away. Why do you want me to walk away from mine? No, I'm not walking away from mine. Woo, Jesus. First Corinthians 7.22, the word of God says, For he that is, that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. You can become the inheritance of the Lord Jesus today. Allow him to enlighten your understanding by praying and ask him to do so. Let me tell you, you're going to have to lay hold to this hope. Lay hold to this hope. This hope is the calling. When the calling comes, you better hold on to it. You better grab it. You better hold on to it and says, I'm holding on to this because there's an investment coming. There's an investment coming from God into your life. And when that investment comes, he says, now I will never leave you nor forsake you because I've invested in you. You are my inheritance now. Cling to that hope. The last scripture today, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Look at what it says. 
fight the good fight of faith. Uh-huh. Lay hold on the calling. <laughs> Lay hold on the calling. I know it didn't say the calling. It says eternal life, but that's the calling. Lay hold on eternal life. What does that mean, lay hold? Just think of when you hold on to something. That's right. Don't let it go. Because you can let it go and it can escape you. He's saying, lay hold on this thing. Don't take it for granted. Whereunto thou art also called. Eternal life. You're called unto it. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Your hope, the Lord's inheritance. What a good God we serve. How wonderful and how kind he is. Church, all I can tell you is you need to let this word sink into your spirit. The Holy Ghost spoke to you today because he messed with me today. And we need to take a moment before we walk out of here and just worship the Lord. And thank the Lord and lay hold on eternal life, our calling in him. And allow what we heard today to just begin to work in our heart and to begin to transform us. Will you lift your hands and just talk to the Lord about him enlightening you, about him helping you to lay hold on that calling. That you, his precious inheritance, will remain where he wants you to be, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, Lord God, we have heard your word. And oh, my God, we're so overwhelmed by your love. We're so overwhelmed by you saying we are your inheritance. We're so overwhelmed by all the investment, by all that you've deposited in us. You have changed our value from zero, from, from nothing to something, Lord God. We only have value today because of what you have deposited in us. We only have value today, almighty God, because you have deposited in us. And so, Lord, today we ask in the name of Jesus that this word not escape us, that this word will not depart from us, but Lord, that we will lay hold on this word and that transformation will continue in our life, almighty God, and that Lord, we will not be the same again. Lord, teach us how to love like you love, that we will deposit, Lord God, into those that we say that we love, and oh my God, that we will not depart from them. I pray today, almighty God, that your will be done in us, Lord. Will you raise us up, Lord God, as a precious people, your inheritance to be like you, to live like you, to do the things that you do, Lord God. It is you that we want to mimic, Lord God. It is you, Lord God, that we will serve, that we will trust and obey and mimic
Speak, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, 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 that Lord, we truly, Almighty God, will lay hold on this calling, Almighty God. Will you enlighten us to see clearly? Will you enlighten us to perceive spiritual things and not be ignorant and not be blinded, but be able to see and perceive the way you want us to, Lord God? Oh, Father, use us as your witnesses. Use us, Almighty God, as your instruments and conduits, Lord God. Use us to make a difference, O oh God. Oh, Father, let this word change us today. Let this word transform us today. Let this word do, oh God, the spiritual things that is needed and required in our heart, in our mind, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, will somebody lift your hands? Will somebody that's listening and watching and being a part of this service today, will you lift your hand and begin to worship the Lord and begin to call upon His name and surrender to Him and allow Him to guide you and lead you? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Let God touch you. Let God fill you with His Spirit. Let God enlighten you by His power. God, you're so good. You're so kind. You're so wonderful. You're so great. And oh, God, we bless your name. We praise your name. For there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody praise Him this morning. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Give the Lord praise. Honor Him. Bless His name. Open up your mouth and praise Him, the Lord. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. We love you, Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, somebody go ahead. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Hallelujah. Yes. Run to Jesus this morning. Run to him. Let him mold you. Let him make you. Let him shape you. Let him have his way. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have not given your life to the Lord, you need to give your life to Jesus today. You need to surrender to Him. Let Him make that investment, that deposit, that you will never be the same. That you can be His inheritance. Somebody hear me today. We want God to do a work in your life. We want to see God's best in your life. Hear the Word of God today and trust Him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give our Lord one more hand clap of praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Church, I love you. We need to love Jesus. 
and love people like we've never loved Jesus and loved people. God bless you today. Have a great day. Don't forget the exit is one way out. Do whatever you need to do. I know you can still do a little bit of whatever you do to fellowship with one another, but love one another. I love you. Have a great day. God bless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But D? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Run to Jesus. What's up, honey? I know, go tell them.